All right, let's turn our Bibles tonight to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number 15, Matthew 15, uh, same passage of Scripture we were in last Wednesday night, if you recall, and uh, we begin last Wednesday evening on the subject of how to grow your faith or growing your faith, and I gave you one part of it uh, last Wednesday, I'm going to give you the second part of it tonight, uh, last Wednesday we focused on what God does, a few, a few things God does to put us in a position for our faith to grow. Because let me remind all of us, God wants our faith to grow uh, because that's how we, we please Him. And He wants us to be in a position to please Him. And so that is how a Christian should live, is live by faith. Uh, because if it is not of faith, the Bible tells us it is, it is sin. And uh, we, need to be, be real, we need to put the emphasis on faith that God does. And so we talked about that last week. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about growing your faith and some things that we can do to help our faith grow. We're going to look at Matthew chapter number 15 again. Uh, I'm going to pray before I read the scripture because I want to make several comments on the scripture as we read tonight. So let's ask the Lord to bless the Bible study. Father, thank you again uh, for allowing us to get together tonight, allowing us to come to uh, your throne uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you would take the time, as we take the time now to study your word, uh, may the Spirit of God <coughs> be our teacher, be our instructor. And Father, may our <coughs> faith grow uh, because of uh, what we learned from your word this evening. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 15, verse number 21. We're going to read down through verse 28, and we'll turn to a few other passages tonight. So Matthew 15, Verse number 21, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. <clears throat> and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole, from that very hour. This is a great passage of Scripture. We looked at it uh, last uh, Wednesday night. We're going to look at it again. But what a, what a statement to take notice of in verse number 28. A woman, great is thy faith. Great is thy faith. Uh, it's, it's a great statement in itself. But to bear in mind that it is Jesus Christ who is declaring this about this woman. The truth of the matter is, we can look at each other, we serve the Lord together, and many of us, most of us have known each other a long time, and we serve the Lord together, we've, we've seen uh, things take place in all of our lives, and we can look at others amongst us and say, that's a person of great faith. That, that's an individual who has great faith. But truth of the matter is, uh, there are some we can see some attributes of faith, but it's not like when Jesus says that's great faith. Now I want to be a good example in my faith. I want to be a good example to my children. I want to be a good example as your pastor to be a, a man of faith. I want to be a good example of faith. 
but mostly I want God to know of my, and God does know my faith. And for him to declare, uh, he, this individual trusts me. This individual is going to depend on, on me. Now, we don't have perfect faith, uh, but you can't have faith without having a little bit of doubt because if you had complete confidence how everything was going to work out, it would not be faith to trust God. We see the declaration by the Lord, great is thy faith. Now, let me remind you very, very quickly of the progression that takes place that we see in this passage of Scripture. Because if we're not careful, we'll just read through it. Oh, she had great faith and move on. But there's a progression that takes here, and it's, it, it should serve as a reminder to us that we do not get perfect faith. We do not start with great faith. Sometimes you say, I wish my faith was like... Well, if, if you haven't been saved, but a fraction of the time that individual has, it's really your faith has got to grow. They didn't, they, they, they didn't start out that person of faith. Their faith grows, and truth of the matter is that everything that God puts in our life along the way is intended to help us grow in our faith. I'll say more about this later because one of the points I'm going to mention tonight, this Bible makes our faith grow. You sit in Sunday school, you sit in Sunday morning church, Sunday night church, Wednesday night Bible study, your faith will grow. That's the way it is designed. You don't get all the faith you need. When you're saved, you get all the Holy Spirit. You don't have to get more of the Holy Spirit. You got Him all. He dwells within you. Now, your life is going to be one of surrender to Him so that He gets more of you. Uh, but we, we, we got all the Holy Spirit we're going to get when we got saved. But our faith has got to continue to grow. And there's a progression here. Look at verse number 20, 22. This woman of Canaan uh, comes out of the same coast. Uh, she was not a Jew and cried to him, have mercy on me. That's what she says, have mercy on me. She recognized him as the Son of God. She recognized him in deity. Have mercy on me. She is making a petition to God. That's a good start, isn't it? She has a need that she cannot meet for herself, so she goes to one that she believes can meet that need. We see in verse number 23, he answered her not. He ignored her. Now, this is where a lot of Christians are bailing on God. Because they think the moment they, they, they let God know they need something, God should answer them just like that. God should respond to them just like that. We've all been there. We've all done it. God, I already prayed once and asked you, why hasn't it been done? And he pretended like she never asked him a thing. What did she do then? Did she do like a lot of Christians do and pout and get bitter and angry at God because God let them down? And, and instead of... Well, I, I don't have time to go down that road, but uh, he ignored her. Then the disciples, what did the disciples do? The disciples weren't any help. Send her away. She's been aggravating us too. We've told her over and over again, go, go away. And, you know, that was probably said in earshot. Um, I wonder how much... Um, it's not an excuse we can use, but we got to be very careful about being a stumbling block. Oh, they're not going to make it. Oh, what's their, you know, th this. You know, sometimes we get upset at, at, at lost people for acting like lost people. Um, and 
I, I, don't, I think people should be decent. I, don't, I think they should try and be more. You look at, look at the, the debauchery that goes on in our nation. It bothers me, but they're lost. It ought to bother us more when Christians act that way, but yet we seem to want to tolerate that and condemn the lost to hell. That's a whole, that's a whole other message there. But the disciples send her, say, send her away. Does she leave? No. She comes back in verse 25. Then came she and worshipped him. Oh, I spent some time on this last Wednesday, but it's too good to not spend a little time. She went to him because she knew he could meet her need. He didn't answer her. You have his disciples saying, send her away. And what does she do? She worshiped him. Because she saw him for who he really was. And I know he can help me. But whether he helps me or not does not change the fact that when I'm in his presence, I might as well take the time to worship him. I wonder how many Christians only go to God when they need something. And they don't go to God to talk about God. And they don't go to God just to say, God, I just want to talk to you about how awesome you are. I want to talk to you about how wonderful you are. God saw the stars last night. And oh, the, the think of the, the, the magnitude, how good of a God you are. We go to him and we say, I got to have something. And certainly God tells us to do that. But you know, sometimes we ought to just go to him because, well, you know, I know I need something from him, but he knows that. While I'm here, I, I, I imagine I should just worship him. And you know, this is a Canaan woman. So maybe she thought, maybe if I worship him, it'll turn his heart a little bit. You know, I wonder how many times we, we can turn the heart of God if we just stop and say, well, I know, God, that you need, you know what I need, but I'm, I'm going to worship you because you're worthy of worship. See, he did not ignore her because he did not care. He did not ignore her because he was not aware. He was testing her faith. He was proving her faith. And we all know, and hopefully we don't fall in that category, but I'm afraid all of us have been in this category at some point in our Christian life, of the Christian who God didn't jump when we say we needed him, and so he is ignoring me. I mean, I've been praying a week and a half over this, and how dare the God of heaven not respond to me. Now, sometimes, and I praise God for this, we don't even have to formulate a prayer, and God sends it because that's how good God is. But there's sometimes he says, I want to prove your faith. I want to see your faith grow. And so we ask, and we he just, it seems like he's ignoring us. And it's like, well, I tried the Christianity thing. I tried... You know, I, I gave it a shot. It just didn't, that worked for my mom or dad. That just didn't work for me. What that shows is that is not a person who has faith and was not willing for their faith to grow. Because what does she do? I think I'll just worship you. 
Now think of, think of this. She, she is not a Jew. She has petitioned him. I have a... You think, you think the fact that she had a daughter possessed of a devil, devil was something she liked talking about? She cried out to them, Have mercy on me, Lord, thou son of David. He didn't answer her. And the disciples said, Send her away. She had apparently been trying to get to him for, for a while. Because remember, wherever Jesus went, we're on, we're on the miracle of the, of the five loaves and two fishes. There were thousands of people who thronged to him. He went out in the wilderness to rest. In th- it was, there was at least 5,000 men there who said, we're going to go where, where he's going. So she get, finally gets to him. He doesn't respond to her. They say, send her away. And in that, in those circumstances, she was not worried about what the disciples thought. She was not worried about what anybody else thought. Well, if I'm this close to him, I'm going to worship him. Then that progressive, you know, that takes a little bit of faith, doesn't it? Then she says again, Lord, help me. She said, have mercy on me. Then she says, Lord, help me. Then he answered and says, not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. I have something to give. But is it really? Because let me, let me remind you what the Jews thought of those that were not Jews. It was a two-way street. What they thought of them. Now, what would you have done? Well, I, I know what a lot of, of, of Reformed Baptists would have done. I know what a lot of recovering fundamentalists would have done. They would have got on the Internet and blogged how the Lord just called them a dog. We've got to cancel Jesus. He just called. Can you believe? I just heard Jesus refer to her as a dog. By the way, it's that ridiculous when they, when they do that. It says, not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. But notice her humble spirit, and don't miss this, and I'll give you the outline in just a minute, but in order for your faith to grow, there's got to be humility. A person of faith is a humble person. Pride does not move the heart of God. It doesn't. You take an individual of great faith, and no matter what you think about them or, or, or think you know about them, a person of great faith has to be humble. Otherwise, it's about them. It's about their ability. What was her response? Now, he just said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and the cast of the dogs. And she said, truth, Lord. Think about that. Well, I, I need to set you straight, Lord. I'm not a dog. No, she goes, truth. You know, it would be good for Christians once again to be reminded of what flesh is when it's in the presence of the Almighty God. It would be good for Christians to be reminded of that. Truth, Lord, yet 
The dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Even though he ignored her, even though the disciples said, send her away, even though he said, it's not, not meat to take uh, the, the, the children's bread and, and cast it to the dogs, she never lost sight of what she was, but she never lost sight of who, she, who he was. She believed him to be the Son of God. He, she knew if he is who I believe he is, I know his heart and truth, Lord, yet I'll take the crumbs. We know that in verse 28, he says, Great is thy faith. The story doesn't start with verse number 28. For our text tonight, it ends in chapter, verse number 28. Her faith began when she first heard of Jesus. And then when she saw an opportunity was, was close enough for me to possibly get to him. And can you imagine the throng that was around him? The patience. I don't know if you've ever done this. Have you ever seen a line and said, it's not worth it? I'm not waiting? Have you ever seen a full parking lot and said, I'm not waiting? I mean, some of you love Chick-fil-A. I hear it's good. I don't know. The line's too long. I'm not going. I mean, have you, have you ever done that? That's not worth it. I'm not waiting. But can you imagine this woman, the throng of people, she could have said, well, I guess it's just not going to happen for me. But her faith said, you know, I'm going to see what I can do to get to him. She knew enough to know those disciples, those are the men around him, they had had an encounter with her because when Jesus ignored her at first, they already knew all, they, they knew who she was. Jesus, he's been calling the church over and over and over again. She will not take no for an answer. Means she, her faith is growing and then seemingly she's rejected by Jesus. That didn't stop her. It grows again. He makes this comment bringing up how the, the Jews and the Canaanites felt about each other. Didn't stop her. He said, you have great faith. It didn't start as great faith. That faith had to be proven. Now, let me give you a few ways because we're... We're, we're, we're almost out of time, and I'll go quickly through the outline. Um, I only take about 15 minutes per point, um, and I've got more than four tonight. So we talked last week some things God will do, He'll put in our life to make our faith grow. God's going to do that so that we can please Him. He wants us to please Him. Think about that. God's going to reward us for pleasing Him and living by faith, and yet He'll put things in our life so that we can grow by faith. But there's some things that you and I should do and can do to help our faith grow. I, I, I believe my faith has grown since, since I was a young man. But I want my faith to grow even more in the future. Which means God has got to put some things in my life so that my dependence on Him is greater. But I also need to put some things in my own life 
so that my faith can grow as well. Here's, here's a few things that we can do. Number one, maintain a spiritual walk. Maintain a spiritual walk. I'm going to read from Exodus chapter 16. I referred to it last, last week as well. Uh, I'm gonna, in just a moment, I'll read from Exodus 16. Uh, but maintain a spiritual walk. It is good that a child of God is faithful to the Lord's day. I know it's 2021, uh, but you know I still believe Christians ought to be in church. I believe if you are physically able to be in the house of God, you should be there. I, I believe that. Sunday is the Lord's day. If 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 somebody sees you in church clothes on on Sunday, they just assume. I guess people still assume that you go to church because it's Sunday. It's the Lord's day. Um, sometimes I'll have to to stop by uh, the grocery store or something like that, and I'll get asked, "How was church?" And I'll say it was great. The pastor was on fire today. He was amazing. And then they're like, you've told that same joke four weeks in a row, so you can stop now. But don't miss this. That's, that's Sunday. That's, that's, that's the Lord's day. What about Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? Part of why we come to church is because it helps us when we're all together. It encourages us. It edifies us. We sing those songs together, reminds us, keeps our focus right. We hear the Word of God taught. We hear the Word of God preached, and we are charged, and we're compelled to go out through the week. But on Monday, you and I have to do something to maintain our spiritual walk. Quite frankly, we have too much in our world today of Sunday-only Christians. And you go to work on Monday, and nobody knows you're a Christian. You go to work on Tuesday and nobody knows you're a Christian. You go to work on Wednesday and nobody go, knows you're a Christian. You go to work on Thursday and nobody knows you're a Christian. You go to work on Friday and nobody knows you're a Christian. You go out on Friday night with those you work with and nobody still knows you're a Christian. You go out on Saturday and nobody knows you're a Christian. There's too much of that in our world today. And then we say, well... I needed something from God, and I asked him, and he didn't do it. I tried church. No, your faith, your faith is weak because you have not maintained a spiritual walk. And that little scenario that I just used right there about how we're Sunday-only Christians, every single one of us can fall into that category if we don't do things to grow our faith. I know a lot of pastors who are Sunday-only Christians. It can happen to anyone who does not maintain a spiritual walk. Exodus 16, 4, Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people go out and gather a certain rate, the next two words, every day. God said, I'm going to send manna, bread from heaven. And he says, they're to go out every day. What they get on one day is not going to sustain them the next day. If you have your Bible open, you see it right there, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. 
I'm going to send the bread every day so that every day they have to depend on me so that I prove them. Hey, I'm thankful that we have a Bible-preaching, Bible-believing church. The Emmanuel Baptist Church, I'll just say it. I'm kind of partial. It's the best church in Jacksonville, Florida. Say, what, what do you, how do you feel about those that aren't members? I, I feel sorry for them. I'm not, and I mean that sincerely. Why? Because this is the best group of people that we could go to church with. I mean, we have a great church. The music, the, the, the programs, the, 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 the Word of God is taught in every Sunday school class. It's been preached for, for decades. But be careful. That is not as, as great as it is to be part of a Bible-preaching church. It's dangerous to just live off of what you get on Sunday. And the Word of God is great. And the Word of God can sustain you. But if you want your faith to grow, you're going to have to maintain a walk. My responsibility as your pastor is to be your shepherd, as the Bible describes it. I'm to preach that book. I'm to spend time in prayer. I'm to help you in your, in your, in your walk with the Lord. But it is not my responsibility to go to your work on Monday, go to your work on Tuesday. It's not my responsibility to come to your house on Monday and make sure you're reading your Bible. That is your responsibility. To maintain your walk every day. God says, I'm going to prove them. You want your faith to grow? I don't know about you, but I, I see the faith of others, and I want faith like that. I read that great hall of faith in Hebrews 11, and I want faith like that. Be careful when you say that, because God hears that and says, okay. I'm going to put some things in your life to prove you. Or, you know, I'm going to, I talked about last week, I'm going to ignore you. I'm praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. I just don't know that he's hearing. Oh, he's hearing, but he's proving your faith. He's going to put some things. I read, I read uh, biographies of men like Hudson Taylor and George Mueller. Like, oh, if I could have faith like that. It's great men that God used in their faith. And by the way, that's why God used them, because they had great faith. If I, if it's easy to, for us to say that, but if I'm going to even head in that direction, I've got to maintain a spiritual walk every day. I have to depend on God. When we don't walk with God, say, so what day should we walk with God? Everyone that ends with why. I'm saying I don't need him today. I don't need to depend on him today. I don't need to depend on him today. Do you want your faith to grow or not? I've got eight minutes to get to the remaining outline. I don't have faith I'm going to make it. <laughs> number two, spend time in the Word of God. Matthew chapter number four, verse four. Chapter number, uh, Matthew four, we have the account in Scripture of Christ being tempted by Satan. Verse number 3, when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Verse number 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now verse number 
2 tells us that Jesus had just completed a 40-day fast. His flesh was weak, but being, being God, what did he set as an example for us? He went to the Word of God. And he depended on the Word of God. It is written. Then he said, man shall not live by bread alone. Spend time in the, work, in the Word of God. I know that's part of maintaining a spiritual walk, but I, I believe the Word of God is so vital and is so necessary in our life that we need to have a, an extra focus. Yes, we need it on Sunday. By the way, that's why stay in a Bible preaching church. Well, they have this. You need the Bible. You, we need the Word of God. We need it. It is something that will increase our faith. I have never spent time in that book and walked away with less faith. Matter of fact, when I'm like, oh, I just don't know if this is going to work out. I don't know if we can do this. I mean, and then I read the Bible and I was like, let's do it. Let, let's go. Christians with little faith are not in that book. Churches with little faith are not standing on that book. You and I need the Word of God if you want your faith to grow. How many of you tonight want your faith to grow? All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Then you got to be in the Bible. Well, sometimes I'll send a text or make a call or make a visit. And, oh, I've missed you. Well, I just, my faith is just real... That's why you need to be in church. It makes no sense to say, well, when I get my faith strong, I'll be back in church. That's like saying, well, when I'm not hungry anymore, I'll go back to the grocery store. It doesn't work that way. That's where we get our faith. You think God knew what he was doing when he, when he, when he, when he made the, 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 the weeks the way they were, the days the way they were, and then he said, this is my day so that we would get what we need. But he gives us his word, and we're going to spend time in the word, number three. If we're going to grow our faith, we need to stay away from sin. Sin is a faith killer. Sin is a faith stealer. You, you, it's amazing. You, you, you see Christians who were once strong in their faith and they question whether or not they're even really saved. They question, and there's some, and, and it's, 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 in my mind, it's, it's, you know, but God may have turned their minds over. Like, well, I don't even know if there really is a God, and they used to preach. What's happened? Sin. So Jack Howard used to make a statement, and it's so it was so true and prophetic. It's people don't leave truth for error, they leave truth for sin. Well, I'm just not getting fed anymore. Well, it's still the same Bible that's being preached. That's why when I hear that, I'm just not getting my needs met. I know that's not the issue. Because it's the Bible. It's the Spirit of God. It's a, it's a two-edged sword. It builds faith. I know exactly what it is. There's sin. 
And, and a church without faith is a church of sin. You know why this church has the faith that it has? You want to know why this church is, is, is stepping out in the faith that it is to do what we are about to do with the God With Us campaign after all that we've invested, after all that we have done? Do you want to know why? It's because we still believe in this book and we believe in holiness and we believe in separation and we believe that we ought to live a holy life. There's something to that because if you're going to have faith, stay away from sin. Don't play with it. Stay away from it. Psalms 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God, sin against thee. James 4.7, Submit yourself therefore to the Lord. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Holding hands with him and resisting him. Hanging out where he hangs out. And, and let me just remind all of us as Christians, we want to have strong faith, don't we? There are some place, if, if, the, if you have the Spirit of God within you, and he is not quenched, you can feel the evil presence in certain places that you go. There are certain places that you can be around. You can feel it. Why stay? Resist. 1 Peter 2.11 tells us to abstain from fleshly lust. 2 Timothy 2.22, flee also youthful lust. Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. Well, my faith just isn't what it used to be. You've been having the devil over for dinner. Hey, you're not being figured, figuratively speaking in that, unless your mother-in-law's over. Anyway, you know, I'm being figurative in that. Is she here tonight? Oh, she's here tonight. Oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, it needed to be said. No. Um, we, 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 we give place to sin in our life, and we wonder why our faith is not what it should be. If you want your faith to grow, stay away from sin. Uh, well, my faith is, wait, okay, you, you check your heart. Check your heart. See, we got to remember that God... His ways are above our ways. He has instructed that book. Let's just look very quickly. I may not get to the last, last two, but he has told us it is, in, it is impossible to please him without faith. He has told us that if it's not of faith, it is sin. He wants, then he tells us as a child of God to live a holy life. Do you think God knows what kills faith? Absolutely. You think God would give us the instruction we need so that we might live a greater life of faith? That's why this book, young people, this book is not trying to keep you from getting all of life that you can get. And this pastor is not trying to give you warnings just so you can't live like everybody, have a good life like everybody else. No, if we want to live a life to please God, I've got one, you've got one. I want to live it so that one day I hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's got to be a life of faith. So he tells us there's some things you got to stay away from because they're faith killers. You want your faith to grow, stay away from sin. And by the way, I don't have to tell you what sin. It's the one you're thinking about right now. It's the one that's like, well, I know he's not talking about that. Yeah, it's that one. It is, well, how does he? I don't know, but the Holy Spirit of God does. 
I, that reminds me, I've had, I've had church members come to me and say, Pastor, I got to tell you, you were preaching, and I know you know, and you were preaching on it, and that, so I've given this up, and I'm sitting there thinking, I had no idea. And I was like, oh, that's right, yeah, the pastor always knows. I'm like, oh, well, you knew, but number four, live free of worldly cares. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. It, it, it's really a simple life just to follow God. Live free of worldly cares. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, give thanks. You know, what's going to happen if I don't have to worry about it? Because God has already told us in the back of this book what is going to take place. And He has given us instruction that no matter where we live in that timeline, until that trumpet sounds, He's told us how to live. I don't have to worry about it. Don't live free of worldly cares. The Bible talks about things. It's an important passage of Scripture. I've preached on it. In, in, in Paul warns Timothy about being entangled with the affairs of this life. There's a lot of Christians who are not serving God as they desire to because they've become entangled. Not necessarily with sinful things, but just the things of this world. The number five, focus on God, not yourself. I'm not going to wait on you to turn there, but Psalms 119, verse 54 through 56. Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night and have kept thy law. This I had because I kept thy precepts. Sometime read Psalm 119. It constantly talks about the word of God, the precepts, the laws. If we are thinking on Him, we can't think of ourselves. Why, why is it that we should... Pastor, are you saying we shouldn't solve, worry about our problems? No, I think you should, you should focus on God more than you do your problems. When I'm focused on me, then I have to figure it out. When I focus on Him, I don't have to figure it out. All of us have problems. All of us... Have burdens. If you don't have one today, you will have one. You feel like you just left yours behind, just live a little long enough. Another, that's life. All of us have heartaches and difficulties. And if we think on them, all of us face things that are bigger than us. And if we focus on us, we're reminded, I can't climb that mountain. I can't get through this valley. When I'm focused on him, he's bigger than any mountain. He walks with me through the valley. Your faith will grow when you focus on God. I've used this illustration. I think it illustrates it well tonight. A lot of times this applies to Young people, but certainly doesn't. It's not exclusive to them. Pastor, I pray about, and this is what I want to do. This is what I've decided that I'm going to do. 
No, I've, I've talked about it with this person, this person, and I have, I've come to the conclusion. You notice the pattern? I want to do this. I've decided this. I have this opportunity. And a lot of times, I, and all the time, I just listen, and I'm listening. There's been a few times, and it hasn't gone over very well. I just do this number here. It's like they start talking louder. It's like, no, that's not what I'm doing. Well, I'm listening for where God is in all that. What does God want? What does God say? What Bible principle? Because when we depend on Him, He's not going to give us the... Pastor, I have to look, and I have a road map of how I can get from here to here. God doesn't do that. He doesn't do it. He says, trust me. I'll get you through it. Trust me. I wonder, those old stubborn Israelites, those old stubborn Hebrews, Moses announces, God's sending bread every day. In the morning, go out there and get what you need for the day. They go out there and they get it. And it's like, some of them didn't believe there was going to be enough because they gathered it up. And worms got in it. You know what God was saying? You're supposed to depend on me every day. There were some who were like, I don't know, hon. I bet there were some that got up even before the sun comes up. They're waiting. They're watching. I want, this, this is not spiritual at all, but I've often wondered if, if those Hebrews did like some kids do on Christmas Eve trying to stay up and catch Santa Claus. And they're watching, does it? The, the fact of the matter was, it was there every day. When God says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. See, it's true that God will save any man that wants to be saved if they'll put their faith, if they'll do it the way he says, they can be saved. It's true God loves everyone. It's true God blesses all of his children. You young people sit over here and the young adults spread throughout. If, you, if, you, if you, you've been sheltered from things in this world, if, if, if you believe the lie of the devil and you, and you leave when you go out in this world, uh, you, you're, you, there will be scars and there will be suffering. But God will still love you. God will still bless you. The fact that he doesn't take you out like that is a blessing. Because you, you belong to him. And truth of the matter is, all of us who are on the inside of the building, we're not worthy of the blessings that God bestows upon us. That's the point I'm trying to make. But it certainly helps me grow in my faith to just depend on Him. Just depend on Him. Hey, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great life when you, when, you, when you want your faith to grow. God will do some things to make your faith grow. Say, well, Pastor, I, that, that sounds like a, those are sacrifices I have to make. Well, is he worthy? I believe that he is. Your faith can grow. You ever heard this statement before? A faith that moves mountains? And when we think about that, well, this person's got to be this way and this way and this way and this way. Right, let me remind you that the Apostle Peter 
would not have been scheduled at the ministerial association meeting, the preacher's fellowship. He would not have been scheduled. His mouth got him in trouble from time to time. The Apostle Paul, most of his problems were from the religious people. We look at them with such reverence, and God used them in great ways. I'm not minimizing that. But they did what they did, not because they were perfect, not because they were different than you and I, except they had faith. That was an extraordinary faith. May our faith grow. Father, 